and thank you for tuning in to the Stuff I Heard podcast. I am your host, Joshua Peak. And as Stuff I Heard, I'd like to tell you about some stuff I heard. Okay. Uh, this past week, I did a podcast. The exact last one was number 441. And I spoke about um, one of my friends growing up, uh, one of my best friends. His mom, Donna, was uh, going to have surgery on Tuesday to treat a tumor in her brain. Um, They found out about it, I guess, because she was starting to have some symptoms uh, that led them to look deeper. And one of the symptoms was um, numbness in the left side of her face. And uh, so, yeah, they found the tumor. Um, They had planned all kinds of things and... It was um, it was kind of scary. So last week I made a request. I said, "Hey, can if you can pray, uh, or if you believe in prayer, how about just say a prayer for Donna and hope that everything goes smoothly?" And I would like to report now that everything went great. Everything went as well as could be possibly imagined, <clears throat> which is rare. It's actually rare that things go as well as they went. Uh, they were able to go into her brain uh, behind her ear um, and get to the tumor, uh, remove sections of it for testing, as well as alleviate the pressure on the nerve that was causing her to have the numbness in her face. And so <clears throat> with the testing, uh, it took several days for pathology to look at it, but pathology was able to look at it and said that the tumor was benign. And I didn't know, like, you hear the words benign and malignant and stuff like that. But I had to Google it. I was like, what does that mean? What does benign mean? It says here, since this stuff I heard, you can say if you you heard it here. Uh, Benign tumors are those that stay in their primary location without invading other sites of the body. They do not spread to local structures or distant parts of the body. Benign tumors tend tend to grow slowly and have distinct borders, uh, benign tumors are not usually problematic. So that's good. Um, yeah, it's good that they were able to alleviate the pressure so that she had, uh, you know, she didn't feel bad. Um, but also so that uh, it's not malignant. I guess malignant means that it is growing and it's the opposite of benign. So that's good stuff. I'm happy about that. So thank you to everybody out there who... Um, told me that you were saying a prayer for and everything, and you added to a prayer list. I am a believer that uh, prayer does more than we imagine, and that the power of prayer can do more than we think. And so thank you to everybody out there. Uh, Not only did she have the surgery on her brain on Tuesday, but they fully expected her to be in the hospital for at least five days, and she went home on the third day. She only had to spend the hosp- spend the night in the hospital for two nights and went home on the third day. And I went by and visited with her on um, Friday. I, uh, she went home on Thursday, but I didn't want to go over there. And, you know, you've had surgery and you just get home and sometimes it's you're still not quite yourself and you just need to settle or sleep. And so <clears throat> I had a lot going on at work and I said, well, I'll just go see you on Friday and it was good to see her. She looked great. Um, she was kind of using a walker a little bit just because of uh, a little bit of dizziness from the medicine um, that they were giving her. Um, but 
the steroids had her full of energy. So she was wanting to get around the house and she was just as talkative as ever. And, you know, it was great. It was great. I was happy. To, I was happy that everything turned out as good as it did. Um, and, you know, talking to my friend Greg, he is a nurse practitioner and he, he just couldn't get over how well things went. And he said, I can't tell you how rare it is that everything goes perfectly like it did. He said, it's just so uncommon for that to happen. I mean, people have surgeries all the time and you always hope for the best, but usually it's not as good as you hope, or there's things that you didn't foresee that become a bigger problem or, you fix one problem and find another problem. And he goes, no, this was just, I mean, everything that I could hope for, this, it, it happened. So, yay. Yay. I'm happy. Give Donna more time. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we want, right? More time. More time to, to sit with each other and more time to, to reminisce and more time to make memories and do things and all that fun stuff. Um, so, <clears throat> Greg headed back home to... Uh, get back to normal. Um, we were able to have dinner with him. We went to a place downtown here in Florence called bird's nest. I don't know if anybody's ever eaten at bird's nest before, but, uh, it was pretty good food. I had like a, like a hot, uh, chicken, uh, wrap called kick in the pants. I thought the, uh, the name was kind of cute and the spices were pretty hot. Um, but, uh, it was a kick in the pants <laughs> quite literally. Uh, it was delicious. And then, of course, we strolled up to Chocobella. If you're ever in the Florence area and on Dargan Street, check out Chocobella. They have homemade gourmet chocolates, and they also make a gelato that's really good, a homemade gelato. Um, we didn't have ice I didn't have ice cream. Greg had some ice cream. Uh, but we have an ice cream thing here at the house, so we didn't get ice cream, but we did get some chocolates because it's kind of nice to have a treat once in a while. Speaking of treats... Uh, this is stuff I heard. So let me tell you about some stuff I heard. <clears throat> My wife and I have a routine of at the end of the day when we're wanting to gear down for the night uh, after we've watched anything that I want to watch on TV usually. Um, we'll lay in bed and we'll look at our phones and we'll either I'll, I'll play a game or she'll do TikTok or we both do TikTok and we'll send each other the ones that we think are funny or cute or interesting or whatever. And she had seen one about a company that makes this gourmet um, peanut butter. It's called Nerdy Nuts. Now, I had not seen this video. I didn't know anything about it. But when we went home to her parents' house to visit, her sister had brought some of this Nerdy Nuts. And she brought a whole bunch of little plastic spoons because she was like, that way we're not double dipping with people, saliva and the things. And, but she wanted everybody to try them. And I don't know how many she brought and they're not cheap. They're like 13 bucks a jar, 12 bucks a jar, something like that. But you can't eat a lot of it. It's like a, it's like a sweet, it's almost like a, uh, like a dessert all by itself, but you can't eat, you really can't eat more than like a spoonful because it is so sweet. So my wife decided to order some and we got it here at the house and we ordered three different kinds and I put the video up on YouTube if you want to watch us trying those out and talking about it. It's pretty cool. Um, I looked them up online. They're based out of uh, Virginia. Pretty cool company. Um, they do small batch runs of this stuff. I think they only make like, I think the number was like 2,500. Maybe it's 2,500 every Sunday. They make another batch, another big batch. Um, 
small batch, whatever you want to call it. Um, but she had ordered some online. They came in. We tried a little bit of each of them. And right away I could tell, oh, these are really, really good. But also I can't eat much of this because it is so sweet. And she made the same comment. So we put it away. We figured um, in the future we'll just have a little bit here and there. It's kind of a, I could go for something sweet, but not a lot of anything. It's kind of nice to have that. So anyway, um, yeah, Nerdy Nuts. Check them out. Uh, <laughs> now, this past week, because we were so busy with work and I was worried about Donna and I was talking to my buddy Greg a lot about it, what's going on with her, um, I had a day when I got home from work and my neighbor, Paul, had a truck that he has bought, a 2017 Silverado. And he said, oh, yeah, I got a good deal on it. Paul's 83. Um, Paul, when when uh, my dad came down one year to help me build uh, a back porch onto my house, um, Paul's wife had passed away and she, she they were they were adorable together. When she passed away, it was a shock. Um but he was looking for something to do, and he showed up at my door, and he was like, hey, uh, what you doing? I said, um, we're going to rebuild this porch, and my dad's coming to help me. And he's like, oh, really? Oh, you mind if I come over and visit, and maybe I can give you guys a hand? And I was like, okay. And I was thinking to myself, yeah, okay, we'll see. And Paul showed up every single day for like a week straight. Every day that Dad and I were out there, Paul showed up, and right beside us, he would work away. And he was in his 70s then. And so... As our neighbor, uh, there's times where I've needed stuff or he's needed stuff, and we've helped each other out. So Paul bought this truck, and it had a bumper that needed to be replaced because he got a good deal on the truck, but someone had backed into something, and the bumper was all tore up. He said he'd gone to a uh, body shop, and they wanted to charge him $3,000 to replace it. And uh, I was like, Paul, you can get a bumper much cheaper, and then all you got to do is just take this one off and put the new one on. And I was like, if you need help, I can help you. I mean, it's just some tools. And I'm trying to think to my head, you know, I know how physically fit you are, but also you are in your 80s, and I know this is kind of tough to do by yourself. I was like, you know, I was like, there's no reason the two of us can't do it. And he was like, oh, yeah, okay. So I had showed him online where he could get one for like $175 from Amazon, and uh, I sent him the link, and he must have done some research with one of his daughters. And they figured out that that one wasn't quite the right one, but they did find the right one for about three hundred. And uh, so, anyway, three hundred versus three thousand, right? That's kind of a no-brainer. So he got it, and he sent me a message this past Saturday. Uh, yesterday, <laughs> I was helping my wife take down Christmas decorations, and uh, he sent me a message and says, "Hey, I got that bumper that we looked at," and I was like, "Oh." Oh, okay. So he wants some help. All right, gotcha. So I said, cool. Uh, let me call him. So I called him up. We brought it over here and started to work on it. And in my mind, I've replaced bumpers before. It's some bolts. I mean, <laughs> I've taken the bumper off the Rambler, and it was like eight bolts. Um, I had seen online where people had replaced this bumper, and it looked pretty simple. It was like just unbolting some old bolts and putting new ones on. And I thought, well, how hard could it be? Well, that turned into something that I needed to call for backup because as I'm taking the bumper off, it it won't come off and I'm perplexed because I've unbolted everything that is attached to it. And it's moving freely, but it just won't quite come out. And 
I reached out to my buddy Danny and I said, hey, are you in the middle of something or could you swing by here and give me a hand with something? He's like, what you got? And I told him what was going on. He goes, um, I'll be over in just a second. I said, all right, cool. So I was like, thank goodness Danny's on the way because I'm stuck. And as we looked at it, I started looking at more, more videos online and I noticed some people saying that they had to remove the bed of the whole truck in order to put this bumper, pull the old one off and put the new one on because where the mount fits, the mount is sort of like a zigzag and it gets to go under a thing and over a thing and the lip of the bed fits over the mount and holds it where it won't slide out. And I was like, are you kidding me? I got to take the whole bed off in order to do this. And I was like, oh my God. So anyway, we problem solved it and figured out a way to get around that. And um, thank you, Danny. Danny's the best. So I asked Danny, I said, what were you working on when I called you? And he's like, well, he said, do you know that transmission I was talking about doing? And I said, yeah. So he has a 2015 uh, JKU Jeep four-door. And it's a six-speed manual. Well, he was wanting us to change the transmission so that's an eight-speed automatic. Um, with an eight-speed automatic, you get better fuel economy. And it would give his left foot some rest so that he's not trying to ride the clutch while he's trying to figure out how to bounce off rocks when we go adventuring. So um, through trail riding this year, we found out that uh, it is very difficult to balance your foot on the clutch and to gauge how much pressure to give it. It'd be a lot easier with an automatic. So um, this is sort of interesting because I've never done a swap out of a transmission on a Jeep. Uh, I've definitely never moved one from being a six-speed to being an automatic. So this is a learning thing, and we're kind of learning together. He's doing a lot more learning than I am. I'm doing more physical labor. But I was like, hey, um, you know, I'll come by tomorrow as soon as I get my, my soul change, and I'll give you a hand. He's like, sure, that'd be great. So we, we've been talking about it for a while. I kind of knew he was getting around to doing it, but I didn't know he was going to work on it this weekend. So anyway, um, <laughs> this morning when I got up, I was able to uh, drink some coffee with my wife, kind of take a deep breath and go, what do you need help with? And she was like, I need help getting some of these Christmas decorations down still. And I was like, okay. So I got the big ladder out and we pulled stuff off the top of the tree and we, um, you know, changed out the, the big picture that's over the fireplace. Uh, we have Santa Claus sitting up there during the holiday, but, uh, swapped it out with what normally goes up there. Helped her take down the stuff from the mantle and, uh, get prepared with all of the ornaments off the tree so that she could box up all the little ornaments. And that way, it kind of gives her a head start on doing the rest of the stuff, and she could kind of do that without me. I mean, it always helps to have both of us do it, but she was like, go. Danny helped you. It's only right that you help him. And I was like, yep, that's kind of what I was thinking. So when I show up to Danny's, um, Bobby had showed up, or one of our friends, um, and Bobby was underneath there. Um, basically, both of them were holding the transmission and unbolting the transmission from the uh, motor. And, um, I jumped right in and before I knew it, we had the whole thing out and it was pretty fantastic. I was amazed. Um, he's already got the new transmission that's going to go in it. So took the flywheel off, uh, got the clutch removed for the most part. <laughs> the clutch ended up being a lot more of a difficult thing to remove than it, than it would seem that it needed to be. But a lot of that's because it's crammed into a tight motor compartment area. 
And because it's a 2015, it's got all sorts of things that plug and play onto it in different directions to hold it in place so that when you are jeeping, as some jeepers do, all your stuff doesn't come loose. So, yeah, it's fun stuff. Um, but it occurred to me, like, what is the theme of this week's podcast? Like, I got to have a title, right? Um, I guess the theme of this week's podcast is um, sometimes you got to be a friend to have a friend. And I don't know if that makes sense to everybody, but let me explain. Um, so when I was young, um, we moved to South Carolina. I was maybe 11, 12 years old, somewhere in that range. I don't exactly remember what age. It was sixth grade. So I would have been 11 turning 12. Um, when we moved here, I didn't know anybody. And I met my friend Rodney that we're still friends today. But I had a hard time making friends with other people because it was almost as if I was like trying to get to know people who didn't want to get to know me. They were more comfortable with themselves and I was more comfortable with me, but I didn't know how to be around other people. I didn't know how to associate with them. I didn't really have the same interests as the people who lived here. So I kind of struggled uh, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. And it wasn't until I got to high school that I realized that people move here all the time. And I made a quick mathematics thing in my brain of going, they don't know anybody, just like I didn't know anybody. So why don't I go up and greet them? Why don't I just walk up and say, hey, my name is Josh. Where are you from? Because I know the people who were here last year, and I don't know you. So that just became my thing. Every single face that I saw that I didn't know, I just walk up to. Hey, how you doing? Where are you from? You just moved here? Oh, cool. Well, let me show you around. This is this and this is that. And that became my thing, just introducing myself. And I made myself available for people to talk to. Um, I didn't do it with any motive of making friends, but I made friends that way. It was kind of a weird side effect of me just trying to, I don't know, fix something that I thought was wrong with me. Um, through doing it naturally, it just became something that I guess people liked. So I made friends that way. Anytime I saw somebody new, hey, how you doing? My name's Josh. Nice to meet you. Where are you from? This is your first time here? Oh, cool. Hey, here's my other friends. You want to meet them too? This is so-and-so. Hey, how you doing? You know what I mean? Just introducing people. Um, yeah. But then along the way, you get to be an adult. And if you're like me, you spend a lot of years just raising the kids. And raising the kids takes a lot. A lot of attention. And you don't want to take away from anything that you're spending with your kids. So you tend not to make new friends because you don't want extra commitments of things you can't do because you're spending so much time with things with your kids or with your wife or with your house or things that need to be done. I mean, let's face it, especially when you're raising teenagers, they need you all the time. They always need you all the time. Your house needs you. I mean, your whole role is to be a role model, is to show them what to do, how to do it, teach them. And if you're young, like I was, I was trying to learn as I'm teaching them, which was extra difficult. But with all that being said, kids grew up. I was by myself again, me and the wife sitting around, and I was thinking to myself, 
man, I got to make new friends because all mine have moved away and I'm just sitting here, just me and you, which don't get me wrong. My wife is my friend. I like her. She's nice. She's one of my favorite people to talk to in the whole wide world. Matter of fact, that's how we ended up together. When we started talking years ago, um, it was just conversations that I didn't want to end. I wanted to keep telling her about my day and hearing about her day and talking about how we had ideas and, and things that we were trying to achieve. And it was just so hard for us to achieve it by ourselves. But we knew that together we could probably do it. And here we are. We're doing it. How about that? So, yeah. Full circle. My wife met a lady at the gym. Turns out she had a husband that was kind of nice. And he ends up being the kind of guy that is just like me. Who's like, hey, how you doing? My name's Danny. Nice to meet you. And I made a friend named Danny. And here we are, full circle. Friends with Danny. Friends with Greg. I met Greg in high school. We just happened to like the same music. Um, and yeah, it just happens over and over. But you got to be a friend to make a friend. You know what I mean? You just got to give of yourself a little bit, a little time, a little attention. You may think to yourself, I don't want to go to this thing. Go to the thing. Who knows? You may have a good time. <laughs> Get outside your comfort zone. Explore. See what it's like. Have fun. Let yourself have fun. I'm learning to let myself have fun every day. Um, I also learn to find more work every day. But, I, you know, whatever. It's kind of hand in hand. It's just... Either you have that kind of brain or you have a brain like a couch potato. And if you're a couch potato, thanks for listening. Appreciate you. But I'm not that. I'm just not. But anyway. Yeah. So that's going to be the name of the podcast. For this episode. To make a friend, be a friend. Or be a friend to make a friend. There you go. Be a friend to make a friend. Thank you to everybody for the prayers for Donna. I appreciate it. Um, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, if you get a chance, check out Netflix. Uh, there are a few comedy specials that hit this past week that are really awesome. Dave Chappelle has one out called uh, The Dreamer. It's, it's hilarious. If you're easily offended, um, you ain't got to watch it, but I think it's one of his best comedy specials ever. It's hilarious. Uh, Ricky Gervais has one called Armageddon. Again, really, really hilarious. Um, if you offend easily, don't watch it. It's called comedy, okay? It's subjective um, or objective or whatever, whichever one. I always get confused by those two references. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. Please give my podcast a thumbs up and rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. And as always, cue the cow. Cue the cow. Move, baby. <laughs> <laughs>